This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel said it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. It includes a variety of many things and people and places. When you cut it to its core, it's all about sports. It's all about our culture. And of course, it's all about our family. And because it's all about the Auburn family, we got to bring in one of those Auburn family members to join me, your host, Kyle, alongside me as always for 16 episodes now my co-host and yours, Mr. Austin Scott. Austin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kyle. War Eagle, you said it best, as you do always. The whole of the Auburn experience uh, takes into so many things. We we can get frustrated with family, right? We can get frustrated when they don't do as well as we expect them to, even on a basketball court. Um, and and mm. we like to welcome new, new, people, new people into the family, and we'll talk about all of it a little bit tonight. And um, Man, what... It, it, the things never stop. We're 16 episodes in, and we really haven't had a slow week, have we? In the Auburn we really, family? honestly, have n- not had a slow week, and I'm kind of shocked at that because it felt like for a while there, while we were seeing the waning moments of the Brian Harson era die off and go off yeah. into the sunset, that I was like, "Man, is this ever going to get better?" <laughs> you know, think, we were like, we were always looking to basketball. It's like it's coming, it's it's almost there. It's off on the horizon. And then lo and behold, we got a little bit interesting, you know, Caddy and now Hugh Freeze and everything that comes with a new, even if it was outside of those names, you know, new coaches, recruits coming in, getting excited about all those kind of things. Yeah. Let me start off with this. I got one question for you, Austin Scott. Hmm. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? That that is not a question I answer. That is one only Mr. Trevon Reed can answer these days. Can, Can we talk about the official best thing that's happened since Cadillac Williams was and no no shot at Hugh Freeze here at anybody else thus far any anything else great that's happened but can we just say the best thing that's happened in the last few weeks is that Trevon Reed is going to remain on staff uh, it's absolutely fantastic couldn't have to a better person and uh it it only keeps that energy going and I'm happy for him and happy for Auburn because that that benefits Auburn no matter who's head coach it, can I pull the curtain back a little bit? You can like end it if you don't want me to talk about it. But you you know Trevon pretty well from what I understand. Yes. Well enough. Yeah. Trevon and I uh, got to know each other while working at a local radio station part-time um, in Auburn when he moved back to the area and uh, after his playing days were done. And so we've gotten to know each other a good bit. Worked on some really, really fun things together, some weird things together. Uh, <laughs> occasionally a Trevon Reed t-shirt you see is was designed by myself. Um, we've worked on shorts, we've worked on everything. And so, um, that guy and I are, we, I wouldn't say we're tight, but we're buds and, uh, we'll hit each other up every now and then. So I'm really glad to see he's staying around. A lot of people want that guy on their staff and for him to remain true to Auburn and has a great story of how he entered the Auburn family. Um, yeah, love that guy. Love that he's sticking around and, and not surprised at all that Hugh Freeze saw him as an asset to this program. I remember, I think it was like two days ago now, maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. I was just so excited when the news came and he had posted himself. He posted again, the family friendly version of, yes. <laughs> of that. What's, what's that movie again? Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. And I'm not leaving. I'm not bleeping leaving. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I saw that and I just like jumped up instantly and yep. started cheering. And so we, we tweeted out to him and said, you know, I have one question. Are we done yet? And he just, he just responds back with that gif of the guy just, shaking his head yeah. i think it's uh <laughs> i'm blank on everybody's name it's from the sports show 
Oh, yeah, it's uh, that's uh, Shane, Shannon Sharp. Thank Shane you, Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I, Shannon I, Sharp. Knew it was, I knew it was an S, and it was right there on top of my tongue. But anyway, so excited uh, that Trevon Reed is uh, going to be part of the staff. It's, he's going to, I guess, remain in the role that he currently is in, which I think is you know, obviously working really yeah. great for us uh, recruiting-wise and being part of the staff development stuff. So those are just like one of the small things that have been happening um, over the last couple of weeks. So what we'll probably spend the last, rest of our time in this segment talking about in the next one is a lot of the coaching stuff. So let, let's put the all, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator talk to the side for just a second because I know that's where a lot of people would like us to go in this discussion. Um, we have had a lot of staff members unofficially, but officially or however you want to switch that around, brought in. We Correct. know they're official because they have it in their social media accounts. We've seen them in photos recruiting with Hugh Freeze, unless it is the biggest scam that's ever been pulled. <laughs> they're just not listed on the you know directory as of the podcast that's being recorded right now. But they're official. We've done videos about them. Austin, thoughts on some of those position guys that really stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, uh, there's some guys that we know they're out recruiting and, and that's good. It's, you know, I think the first the Brian Harson era, it was like, we're going to put it each one out as it comes kind of generate that excitement. This is a little bit different. looks like it all might come together once it's all done. Um, but it's hard to hide when you, when you got to get guys out there recruiting and I don't think it's meant to hide, but I think it's just the, a different way of doing things. I think we all expected, and you know, no matter who you get, you like the, they get they bring guys in they're comfortable with or where they've been before. So we've seen a couple of Liberty guys reportedly coming to Auburn. Um, defensive line coach, I think Jeremy Garrett is that correct? Kyle? Yep. Yep. Jeremy he was one Garrett. of the first ones that was like you know rumored, and then it became pretty yes. evidence. So I've been I've been snooping and spying on people's social media accounts way too much. I feel like <laughs> the biggest stalker ever, and I know I'm not the only one that does that out there, but just you feel kind of greasy sometimes when you're doing what I do, and you have to just kind of you know glean any information that you can yeah. in any way that you can. It's like, oh, so this is what a stalker feels like, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But an impressive guy um, has, has a lot of defensive line experience. And so I think he's exciting. Um, a couple other Liberty guys that coach freeze has brought with him. I, I don't think anybody can t not talk or talk about the staff and not bring up the fact that Wesley crime dog McGriff <laughs> is coming back to Auburn. There is um, something in the water at Auburn and that man loves it. He loves it. And his family loves it. His kid loves it. He's they're pumped. And so I'm, I'm really glad he's come back. The first ever, assistant to come back to an Auburn for a third, for a third time. Can we confirm you, that? Is that, like, that's, that's, con that's confirmed. The first assistant to come back to Auburn for a third time as a on field position. coach. Okay. There you go. Like There's the Will Muschamp was a GA and has been back several times as defensive coordinator, okay. blah, 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 but on field, um, which is just, that's awesome to me. And, and he, that guy is so valuable in recruiting um, and has been around the game a long time. And is just a personality that I mean, you put him and Zach Etheridge together on the trail and and that recruiting's gonna pick up like we've all been hoping for. So right. um I'm excited. I'm excited that he's back. Um and then obviously the guys that we've had that we are we're all fan favorites over there staying. We've talked about Cadillac being retained. We've talked about Zach Etheridge and and Christian Robinson, I think is a great guy to retain too. So a couple more right. holes still out there to fill. Right. Uh, but 
but it looks like a, a staff that is impressive so far and, and and we'll see how it gets going once it's all put in place you know i i don't so far and we'll talk about the oc and the dc in just a second they're reported as of this the moment of this podcast reported oc and dc to me this doesn't scream like home run hires in terms of pr perception but you know that's just a term that's thrown around a lot you know everybody yeah. thought that Derek mason was a home run hire and, and frankly i believed it as well at the time because right. it had the most the biggest name out there and you know he's a recent head coach in the sec so we've done that it didn't work out so great maybe it's nice to kind of find some of these guys that are a little bit you know less well known uh, I think the biggest one so far, as you brought up, was Wesley McGriff. The more I look at his resume, the more excited I get about having him back. And yeah. it makes me and, – and, yeah, he's had some time in both his previous stints where he's been other places and done other things. But his resume is just so extensive. And so, you know, all over the SEC, all over the ACC, the Big, Tw- uh, Big 12 thing too. He's got some uh, ties in there. But basically, he's been – Everywhere that you would like an assistant coach to be, to have experience, to have recruiting ties. To me, that's the biggest win perception-wise of the staff outside of your coordinators. Um, I, frankly, am surprised that he's brought over so few Liberty guys, Mm. to be honest with you. I mean, what do you think? Was it less or more? Um, Yeah, I think as coaches, probably I'm surprised it's less, but it sounds like a lot of them are going to be in some analyst roles. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think I'm okay with that. You know, I, yeah. I think that that says a lot about um, him understanding maybe the kind of caliber of coaches and experience he needs as assistant coaches, but seeing those guys as worthy and, and them still wanting to come, you know, that's, I yeah. think that's a, I don't want to say it's a, it's a humble thing, but understanding that you still have some things to work on and you can provide quality uh, influence as an analyst or as a support staffer is big. And so um, I, I, like I said, I think everyone kind of expects at some point, no matter where your coach is coming from, you're going to bring some guys you're that you were with and you're comfortable with because um, you trust them. And, and I think that that's been no different here. And so I'm, I'm excited about how it's all been set up really so far. Uh, truly. I, I can't wait for it to all get in place and kind of look at it all in one on yeah. that directory, like you were talking about, look at it all from, from one view, you know, when it's actually official, that'd be nice. So I don't have to say that'd be nice. Well, yeah. It would be really nice. Well, let's talk about the big topic that's been out there. Um, especially, you know, hours, minutes before, yeah. I'd say hours really before we started recording this show, uh, the news is starting to be reported around, um, that the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator have been at least, in negotiations, if not already signed, or however you'd like to phrase that. Um, first off, a lot of trepidation, trepidation, trepidation about the lack of AOC and DC being in this quickly. Like there's been some people worry, why did it take so long? Any thoughts on that? Like, were you worried about why it took so long or anything like that? Uh, not really. Uh, I think a lot has been thrown out about kind of him saying coach free saying in his press conference that he had all these people hitting him up and big names and, and what he wanted in those coordinators. And I think that's kind of why it took so long. He knew what he wanted in these coordinators had X's and O guys for defense. And, and there's a lot to think about for him. If he wants to turn over play calling, like he talked, he was very open about that on he's called plays everywhere he's been, but here he might not, he might, he might go a different direction. And so all that has to be thought about and, and make sure you get the right guy. Um, 
And so I'm not too worried about how long it's all taken uh, as long as it's right. You know, like, yeah. uh, like you said last uh, few minutes ago with the home run hires, we did that and we did the, win the press conference and win the media circuit and, and it didn't last very long for success and it didn't last very long in the, in the, in the public eye. So um, as long as it's right, as long as this group gels together and coach freeze is happy with it, I'm happy with it no matter how long it takes, but you know, we're 10 days. to the early signing period um, for me, it's always been, and this is just my opinion. It's always been important that your, your assistant coaches are the recruiters and they're the elite guys and they are making those relationships. The coordinator, sure. They need to be involved and be able to talk ball, but yeah. uh, their, their job is game day. Their job is, is making sure things click and work and practice and, and everything like that and installing the system. But um, yeah, I mean, these names, I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and announce those names. Uh, those unofficial but official names, Kyle. <laughs> Again, I sit on pins and needles, <clears throat> waiting. You're risking throwing information out there and it being wrong, and then people just waiting there to like throw it back in my face that it's wrong. But it we've seems never like done that. We've never, never, done that before. never once have we thrown anything <laughs> out there that ended up being wrong in the end, but it was actually true at the beginning. Don't get me down that road again. It's been buried. Don't bring it back up, Kyle. All right. So your new offensive coordinator uh, reportedly, let me say that there, would be Philip Montgomery. And he was previously Tulsa's head coach. Uh, He was fired as the head coach uh, before arriving here. And they reportedly finalizing a deal. Now, let me just start with that. Uh, O.C., Tulsa's I think I remember Tulsa having a pretty good offense uh, for the most part throughout the last couple of years. Um, But that's all I really have to go off of this thoughts on that. I mean, here's what I will say. It's a former head coach. Last time we fired a former or hired a former head coach as a coordinator that didn't go so well, but um, I do like the uh, idea of a guy that's had some head coaching experience that's coming in to maybe be having the keys turned over to him. Your thoughts? Here's, and I have a unique perspective with this because prior to Tulsa, Phil Montgomery was the offensive coordinator under Art Browse at Baylor. I don't think I've mentioned this here. My mom is a Baylor alum, and so I've I've watched. I'm kidding. Uh, plenty. <laughs> I got Baylor watched, in my family too. <laughs> I've watched plenty of Baylor football over the years and kept up with them probably more normally than, or more than the normal Auburn fan would keep up with Baylor football. Um, so I, I remember Phil Montgomery more as the Baylor offensive coordinator than I do as the Tulsa head coach. And that's when Baylor was doing whatever they wanted on offense with Bryce Petty and Robert Griffin, the third, and all yep. those, all those guys that, you know, they were taking the big 12 by storm and hitting the top five, all those things. So for me, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to know that, you know, we all know it takes a lot as a head coach to, you got a lot more roles than you do as a coordinator. Um, For me, I'm excited to know that he's getting back to that. Now it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect and we're going to be slinging the ball around and, and the top five offense that was at Baylor just because he's now a coordinator again, and things got still got to click and work and, um, you know, everybody's got to be on the same page, but I'm excited about that. I think he's a great developer of, of, of an offense of quarterbacks. You combine that with Hugh Freeze, who has a similar reputation. Uh, and that makes me really excited. I was telling my dad today, I, I'm just ready for an offense that is clicking again. I'm ready for silks for points on the board. 
and to see us going up and down the field again, it's just, it's been a little while. And so um, for me, Phil Montgomery is one I'm really excited about. I I don't like saying the home run higher. I don't like that lingo just because what that's someone's opinion. What does that mean? Does it mean home run higher in the media circuit or does it mean home run higher? Cause it's actually going to work. No one can right. know that on day one. So right. I'm really excited about it. And I think it can be really successful um, just based off of what I know of him and what I've seen in the past. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm pumped about it though. And uh, it could be really good. You know, we think about with the Bryles offense, everyone remembers, well, the, the current Bryles offense was the Tennessee offense this year who was just putting up points left and right. And, and it's all, like I said, I don't want to sit here and say, Auburn's going to be scoring 50 points a game next year. It's all got a clip. That's it. I'm taking that clip right there and posting it so that people can come back next season and be disclaimer, mad at you. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. I mean, that would be a really, that's what Auburn people want is exciting offense again. And, and I feel like that's what it it's, has been lacking for a few years. So we will see. I'm, I'm excited about Phil Montgomery. Do you know how many times, Austin, over the past two years, I've been in the stands most of the time, but or on yes. my couch doing this, the Gus Malzahn yes. for people listening and in, in the actual audio podcast, you know, doing the Gus Malzahn pointing the, to the ground, like go, like, go, yep. go, you know, or or doing some version of moving this, your like, hands. Yep. Listen, I don't care how fast your offense is as long as it's productive. But that's what I like. I like yep. fast pace. We get, you know, several plays off a game. This whole let's line up, check it out. <laughs> Do I need to check down? Oh, look, it's 10 seconds left on the clock. It's given extra time for offensive linemen that are prone to jump off sides to jump off sides some more. Um, so for me, I'm really wide open because I've been lamenting about offense. And that's not a reflection on how Brian Harson's offenses did more so my preferred style so if that's the case i'm going to be really excited about that let's spend some time really quickly talking about the reported defensive coordinator ron roberts uh ron roberts has also got some ties to baylor as the defensive coordinator for the past three seasons um and then they had some pretty good success under him but he was also fired on december 1st so you see the word fired next to two guys name Mm. and you're kind of like oh that hurts, but everybody's been fired at some point. I mean, frankly, he freeze was well, he resigned technically. So, but we're not gonna get back not gonna get back into that. Stop <laughs> opening doors tonight, Kyle. What are you doing? My goodness. Behave. Um Ron <laughs> got myself thrown off now. Ron Roberts, your thoughts on a since you have ties to Baylor, apparently, since you are in the know about all things <laughs> Baylor, Austin. What, what do you think about Mr. Ron Roberts? Uh, so Ron Roberts, uh, like you said, fired by Dave Aranda at the beginning of the month. Um, you know, kind of surprised Dave Aranda fired him. He even like showed any emotion. Like, have you ever oh, watched Dave Aranda? Says, oh like, yeah. It's just like his, he never, his, his face never parts up one way or down way to make a frown or a set or a happy face. It's just- I saw, I saw a video actually today on Twitter of Dave Aranda and it was, I just searched his name and it was a clip from one of their games in October, but it said Dave Aranda is fired up in all caps. And he was just clapping. <laughs> he was just, he was just, cla- it was like, that was enough emotion for him. Um, it's like, but, if so, you walk into his office, if he's smiling, you should be worried. So go ahead. Yes. So, so Ron Roberts was actually Dave Aranda's boss a way, a long time ago. And then, and mentored him in, in defensive schemes and safeties. And then now has been, 
Dave Aranda's defensive coordinator for the last couple of years. Uh, so, I mean, a long relationship and, and tough to fire your mentor and, and friend. Um, but I think, you know, Ron Roberts interviewed at Arkansas for their defensive coordinator job. This, this coaching carousel um, was wanted at Georgia Tech, a respected person in the defensive world. Um, and so I think it could be good for Auburn. We go back to our, Coach Freeze's Pepsi conference talking about a defensive coordinator. He wants an X's and O's guy, a guy who's going to line it up, play it like it is, um, and, and stick to it, play solid defense. And I think you're getting that with Ron Roberts. Uh, like I said, it all has to work out and it all has to stay. Everybody has to walk in a straight line and, and get where they're going on, on time. But um, from the outset and from, you know, the mere hours that we're all kind of getting used to this news that Ron Roberts might be Auburn's defensive coordinator. Seems like Coach Freeze got what he wanted, got somebody that was as highly respected in, in the college football world. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about Ron Roberts and in, intrigued. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not as optimistic and as excited as I am about Phil Montgomery, but that probably just lends itself to a little more unknown and a little more question marks for me with Ron Roberts. Yeah, I feel the same way about both of these guys. There's just not a lot of familiarity outside of what you said about him, uh, you know, Montgomery having success during his time at Baylor. And I, I know Baylor had some defensive success at times. I think they were ranked in the top 10 one season in terms of efficiency or something like that. I forget the stat at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, Coach Freeze took his time with these guys. Obviously, there's some interesting connections, whether it be, you know, uh, yeah, at that time, Art Bryles and the time from the offense with Phil Montgomery, just being connected with Baylor overall is interesting. I wonder if this is now going to become the Iowa State for us because we can't like and old. It's like for some reason, Auburn sports, Auburn, well, just Auburn in general, can't break away from the connective tissue of Ole Miss and Iowa State. We go get 80s from there. We go in, you know, from one of the two places, we go get head coaches from there, presidents from there, from Iowa State. Apparently, now we're going to be going to Baylor. Um, you know, there's an offensive coordinator at Baylor. I would have really liked to come mm. back, but uh, hey, beggars can't be choosers at this point, I guess. Here's what I do know, Austin, to round out our conversation. I do also have two brothers with the, they went to get their master's degrees at Baylor and they will not let you stop knowing about that. <laughs> Y'all Baylor people are some weird people. Of course, I know that people <laughs> said about that. I will be blaming you two, my brothers. I'm looking at you on the camera right now if this fails because it's got Baylor written all over it. So oh, my mom, I've already sent them both to my mom. She's super excited. She loves any Baylor Auburn connection. Uh, but Auburn plays Baylor here in uh, it's on the books in 2025, uh, I think. Is that right, Kyle? So we got, hold on real quick, real quick. Doing this next year, we got California the year after that Cal UCLA, UCLA, Baylor, Baylor. So it's five and six years away. So Gracious we'll play love. in Baylor for the first time. So five years away, I believe is what it is. And who knows if all the scheduling that's to come with conferences, if that'll stay on the books, but probably I not. hope it does with, with all our family connections, that would be a blast. Probably so. not, but will we, you know, even have these guys at this point, your guess is as good as mine. Good point. Good point. All right, let's round out our show. We got to talk about some basketball. It is basketball season. There's going to be plenty of time to talk about uh, some more football things as things become officially official. Um, what is officially official is that Auburn cannot not play defense because its offense 
probably will not keep up. We're not going to break down necessarily the game versus Memphis, but what I wanted to talk about is my experiences. And as I just found out pre-show, because he <laughs> failed to tell me, which I find oddly convenient, that he was also at the Holiday Hoops giving event here in Atlanta where Auburn and Memphis play each other. There were three other matchups on that day as well. I, I did see somebody on Twitter that stayed for all four. Like, oh, my bless, gosh. Bless you, sir. Um, yeah. By the way, they do have bottomless sodas there. Yes. That was going to be one of my big things. Pro tip, just get it at the beginning of the night. And, like, I, I drank way too much Coke last night. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, did I get my money's worth. I, I think I robbed State Farm Arena. <laughs> like, just seriously. Like, I, I went and bought it. The second I got there, went there and just slurped it down got another one. So, I probably yeah. got diabetes now, but. <laughs> the cups stay so cold too they do Did you notice that and you don't need ice because it comes out cold too so don't they're like don't aluminum worry. cups that they're like yeti cups but cheaper i still it got was, mine downstairs and it's still cold on the counter yeah. <laughs> probably it, it was awesome down. that that was a pro tip for sure of the bottomless soda and and that's yeah we don't have to get into all that no, but, but i'll, I'll, just I'll nerd to... out about the the food and drinks well, we can, but that's what I want us to talk about, like our experiences there, because listen, we have done a post-game reaction show about it. We're going to be talking in basketball not ad nauseum here as the football news begins to, it will folks slowly wane. Um, so there's going to be plenty of the X's and O's, those type of things. And we can touch on it if you want to, but I, I love this event. Now it's been two years in a row that I've been to it. Uh, the, Last year's was much better. Auburn versus Same. Nebraska. Yes. Uh, this is Jabari's like first really, really big game where he was showcased in front of the world outside of Auburn Arena and he had an outstanding. Like I was there in the lower seats because I got offered some tickets. And so I got like right up on the bench and stuff like that. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. This this time around, I was way up there. <laughs> still, you still can see really good. Uh, but you're literally like looking down on the yeah. on the guys like ants now. Um not as high as some football stadiums in this far back, but it was definitely a unique experience for a basketball game. I haven't quite had in some time uh, holiday hoops giving. Um, usually they get about, I think last year they had about three matchups. This one had four and there's a fifth one, I think happening a week from now. It is interesting though, that they call it holiday hoops giving and Thanksgiving was like two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't really get the whole marketing scheme behind that, but. It, it is catchy. I'll give them that. It, it is. Um, and I love the the logos and all that kind of stuff and, and the concept behind it, because I think this has the potential to be, you know, every year, a if they can pull it off, and especially if Auburn can stake its claim as a play, team that needs to be coming there each year. Like, I think Clemson was there last year. I think Memphis, uh, excuse me, um, LSU was there last year. Right. Basically all the Tiger teams, because Memphis was here this year, too. Yep. Um, I think Bruce even said that he anticipated playing in it next year with a bigger opponent. Do you remember that? Or Yeah, I, I, I remember him saying that this has kind of become a thing, and I remember him the thing about a bigger opponent um, and people kind of starting to raise their eyebrows at that and see like, oh, who do they already have planned out? But when, when did this get announced for this year, Kyle? Do you remember? When they announced the matchup? The Memphis matchup, yeah. Uh, the Memphis matchup, I think, was – I think what it was is they announced that Memphis, Auburn and Memphis were going to be playing like earlier in the summer, but it wasn't technically said in Atlanta at a neutral site. Okay. I think there was rumors it was going to be. And then I think that's when it became official. 
Um, because I, I don't know if I don't know how last year's event went. Maybe they wanted to make sure they were gonna have enough interest. Well, let me tell you sure. this, folks. Auburn fans took over that arena. And especially yes. when we lost, they emptied it out. And there was nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, if you have not learned anything, marketers, corporate office people for any event out there, if you want to sell out, well, not sell out. If you want to fill up your arena more than it normally would put an Auburn team there, invite them to an invitational. I mean, we travel, you know, and Atlanta is so easy. We have a easy. humongous contingent of Auburn fans up here in Marietta where I am. Uh, there's just ginormous amounts of us up here. So I kind of feel like I'm, I, I'm not home, even though I am home. Think about that for a second. Um, but I, I have so many people. It makes me feel like I'm in Auburn sometimes. Cause I just drive down and see everybody here, but I love the event. I, I want them to keep doing it. Cause selfishly because it's so close proximity but it's close for people from auburn you know the, the traditional fan base that is auburn folks which is that kind of circle that surrounds to maybe chattanooga to like just below nashville across alabama into mississippi and then you know the panhandle panhandle of florida it's a very reasonable trip i love it and i want them to keep doing it and next time maybe you can actually tell me that you're coming maybe we'll see about it um but <laughs> yeah no i thought it was great event and i thought it was good that you know they had so many teams that are close by you could see yeah i saw every fan base represented um and from wake forest which probably seems like the furthest one away uh or maybe loyola chicago i, I well, well well there you go loyola yeah i chicago. saw two I, I saw two scarves last night that's it yep i saw some scarves um didn't see sister jean um i wonder if she made it though i, I didn't even think about if she was actually there I should have gotten a picture. Here's what I do know. They probably put her like far back. Cause they put Andy and Sonny really far back. Yeah. Like I, I, I got to snap a picture of him and shared it uh, to his, his daughter. Cause he was asking where he was. And I was like, well, they're back here in the nosebleed. Yeah. Uh, I was much higher than them, but at, uh, at yeah. halftime I saw them, I passed them and we said, we're equal to each other. But I mean, they were, I mean, when you're media, you don't really or you don't really expect to see the media walk in the concourse with the rest of everybody at halftime just because of proximity and things. But they were going to get themselves, you know, refill yeah. their bottom with soda. And, um, but I thought it was a great event, too. I was on the last row of the lower bowl mm -hmm. um, and, and thought it was great seats. And like you said, just tons of Auburn people had some Memphis people sprinkled throughout, but uh, there was a lot of them. sprinkled throughout where we were. Yes, they were definitely on their own side for the majority, um, but just a great event. And that that's a game I think Auburn people have been wanting to play for a while with just the various recruiting battles between Auburn and Memphis. Yep. The, the obviously Memphis has a, a, a you know, the, this decade, this century history that's pretty rich in basketball. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been, it was something I think Auburn people wanted to play for a while. I hate they couldn't get it because I really wanted to win that game. But uh, like you said, the, the defense, which has been just, stellar uh just just couldn't get it done and, and didn't have an, as much help hope for, help excuse me help from the offense this time or hope um, or hope. hope yeah no, i think help that was him. yeah uh, a wishful thought there but a freudian uh, slip that was true that's, that's that's the term i was trying to think of uh, words are hard austin especially on the podcast so hard man when you're on the spot but <laughs> but so, yeah i mean coach pearl said it in the press conference you know we could probably have won if we held Auburn or Memphis to 82, right. But we, yeah. we can't win when we score 73. And that sounds so simple, but it's the truth. 
Well, and, and so that not just talking about this specific event, that's going to be the formula for Auburn going forward is, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to get that offense going a little bit more. So on those nights where the defense hasn't got it going as it did that, or they can't get the adjustments made that they need to make. Um, frustrating to watch still had a great time at the event with Auburn Absolutely. fans packing it out. And I hope we get to do it again next year, because even though the ticket prices were more this year, um, I still am glad that I got to do an experience with the Auburn family because I mean, that's what this show is about. Auburn's Absolutely. talking about the, the experience with each other around sports and even when it's not around sports. Well, that's going to do it for episode 16. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We covered a lot, coaching searches, celebrating uh, new coaches and asking if we're done yet. Probably not. Thanks to Javon Reed. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> see this is why folks on the audio podcast you need to come and watch the live recording too because you miss things like that despite all that we appreciate you being here austin if they want to catch up with you on social media where can they find you oh austin g scott is about where i am on everything I tried to stay off the social media profiles for as of late but too much happening in the auburn world to not be excited so come find it's- me let's talk Exactly. You can find me on Twitter as well at Kyle Limas. Kyle Limas. Who is Kyle Limas? That Kyle Loomis twenty four. You can find me there and make fun of me for not being able to talk, just like Austin on a podcast. Until we talk to you guys again, thanks for tuning in. War Eagle. War Eagle.